Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of OneClick Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to B2B Made Simple. And joining me for the reunion tour, which means he's back for recording number two, I have Christian Borgeson. Borgeson, man, you have to say your last name for me. I thought I had it. <laughs> Bor- Borges- uh, Borgeson. Borgeson, there we go. Yeah. You know, I had it in the first take, but here we are on take two. Um, he is the VP Marketing at Futurevolt. And you were on episode 153. For those of you who like to go back and listen to other episodes, that was a good talk. It was basically just like, marketing strategy what was it uh narrative positioning messaging i think is what we got into that's uh, right yeah but welcome back man I, this is gonna be an exciting conversation yeah thanks sam uh, you know appreciate you having me on i'm uh i'm super excited it's always always a good conversation with you uh i mean whether the the record button has been hit or not <laughs> uh, i'm looking forward to to today but i think we've got a good one ahead of ourselves you know the fun thing about doing these podcasts is like you build friendships with people that you record with. And I would hundred percent consider you like a friend in the industry of the SaaS world. I'm just like, Oh yeah, Christian, you know, I feel like I've known you for so long and we've only done what this is our second podcast, but it's cool how we can even in different countries, uh, which honestly we're probably closer to uh, in time than we are to most, I am to most people in the States because you're right across the border in Canada, but it's cool how we I'm can just, I'm just, I'm just right across. You can, you can probably throw a rock and hit me. I know. Window, I think yep. we're that, that close, <laughs> which is, which is amazing. Maybe that's why we feel, um, you know, that much more connected as well. Too. Honestly, you're probably right. right. You're probably right. Well, to kick us off, um, I don't remember the question I asked you last time, but I always like to do this like fun, uh, you know, icebreaker. If you had to choose between a vacation in the mountains on a lake somewhere, or a vacation on the beach in a tropical area, which one do you think you would choose? Yeah, I forget what I picked last time. I think I went with the beach, and I'm gonna I'm gonna default again to the beach. I just um nothing against the mountains. Love the mountains. Love taking you know that that um, break and having nature surround you and being surrounded by nature. But man, right now I could really use a beach. <laughs> You know, that sounds pretty good right now to me too. So we're in the yeah. same boat. <laughs> well, awesome, man. I will have to, when we have you back for number three, I'll have to listen back to uh, what questions I ask you and I'll have a new one for you. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Uh, or you can just keep asking. And and maybe see, it'll change. <laughs> yeah. See see if I'm I'm going to change it up or not. The or progression. Re- really that consistent at, um, you know, wanting to get on a beach. Because if it's, you know, the third time and I'm saying beach still, it's like, okay, Christian, just, you know, just. just you need to go on vacation, bro. <laughs> Just go to a beach already, right? Absolutely, man. Well, here we are, uh, round two on the podcast. Um, you know, like I said, last time it was marketing strategy. Today, we're going to get into something that you guys have recently worked through and are working through. And that recent unlock for you guys was really how to work better uh, together as a team to be a holistic revenue team. Um, to kick us off, can you just break down what that process has been like for you guys? And what it means like to go through that? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a topic to me that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Just being someone who has worked for and within, um, you know, smaller stage companies in, in particular, you you really get to mold 
the teams and work through, you know, what we call alignment, which is what we're talking about early on. And it's always a better thing to work on that early on, because if you wait too long and if you let silos emerge within your organization, I mean, even small companies that have 10 employees, 20 employees, 30 employees, silos are taking place. They're happening, right? There's a lot of blind spots. So if you can curb that ahead of time, um, you're just going to be running a lot more smoother and a lot more efficient as a company. But yeah, um, let me take you through sort of how we started um, along this journey, if we want to call it that, mm -hmm. or even like a project or an undertaking of aligning ourselves. And that would be alignment between our customer success team, our sales team, and our marketing team. So together, you know, we, we consider ourselves the revenue team. Um, and really, it just started out with understanding or rather taking inventory first of, hey, what are some of the tools and technologies that are being used across these three different teams? How are they being used? Are there any overlaps as far as uh, what's being used? Like maybe, for example, we're using two very similar um, software, but we can actually consolidate that and just use one. And we found out that there were actually several different tools that the teams were using behind the scenes that, you know, other teams weren't aware of, of course. Right. And so what happens is then your data and, and, you know, really any critical business information and knowledge that you have is lost in those silos, in those different tools and technologies. So that was sort of step one. Step two, which is probably the most important, I would say, because it always comes top down or it should, is, um, you know, this thought of goal setting or working towards, you know, shared business objectives, making sure that all teams are aligned in that regard, working towards the same um, business goals. And so we share OKRs as a team, objectives and key results, that is for anyone listening who's not familiar with what OKRs are. And we also have our, our, our own OKRs across the three teams. So marketing has their own OKRs that sort of roll up into, you know, what the revenue team OKRs are that then roll up into our overall business objectives, just to make sure everything we're doing is all leading us and guiding us towards, you know, this, I, the spot where we want to achieve and where we want to get to ideally. Um, then it's, you know, another area we focused on was around uh, communication, right? I think alignment for the most part always starts with and is centered around having effective, open, transparent communication across the teams, across the business lines, across the business units, uh, just making sure everyone's sort of on the same page and that, you know, you all know what's going on on any given point of the day. Um, another one is feedback making sure that we provided feedback for one another. And again, that sort of, you know, falls in line with the communication piece. Um, but really the whole point of having this honest feedback in place was to make sure that we can better improve the workflow and the collaboration between the teams. Um, and then it came down to setting a regular recurring meeting. So we have a Wednesday revenue meeting that's about an hour long. Um, you know, sometimes we only take half hour if need be, but sometimes we take an hour and a half, right? And so, you know, that's super important that regardless of what you have in any given week, 
um, that you always, always, always meet and you set it a precedent and you make it a priority. It's all about the consistency there, making sure teams, your thoughts, your work is aligned at all times. Um, and again, we've got that Wednesday revenue meeting, but you know the sales team will have their own meetings. I run my own meetings with our marketing team and then customer success will have their own meetings as well too. So those are just some of the things that we work through and some of the challenges um, as we, you know, work towards this, this idea or this notion of, uh, of alignment. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys have really broken it down pretty well. So was this something that you went to leadership and said, this needs to be done because you saw some fires starting to take off within departments or these silos starting to be built? Or did they come to you and say, Christian head this up, or was this a team effort? I'd love to hear like how that went down. Yeah, it was kind of initiative that I that I took upon myself. Um, and, you know, I, I always find my roles in marketing, like I'm always finding like where blind spots are and where maybe some challenges are from a workflow perspective with other teams. And I think it's I think it's just the nature of marketing being so involved in all of the critical aspects and all the functional areas Um in an organization, you work very closely with sales, so you know what's going on, or at least you should have your finger on the pulse there. Um, same thing with customer success, especially if there's any sort of customer marketing initiatives that are taking place. Product, definitely, because you want to make sure that you're marketing the product you know, in the right way, that you're positioning it in the right way to prospects, current clients, um, You know, whether you're looking to expand those clients and get them to buy into other services and, and um, adopt new features, for example. And so I find, you know, I'm really good at pointing out sort of where the holes are. Um, And then, you know, and I, and I identified, uh, you know, several of them at future vault. I mean, not to say that a, wow, it was a crap show in the background because it wasn't, you know, things were still rolling quite efficiently, but it was more so, Hey, you know, here's what we're doing. Here are a few, solutions that we could implement instead as well just to make sure that all of the teams are working you know at at this at the same pace for example mm-hmm. right and working towards that same goal um and so that's kind of how i approached it at first too and then you know you've got to make sure that you have champions in your corner when you take on something like this and so our vp of customer success is super supportive and she's incredible uh carol simmons and um, so her and I have kind of been, um, you know, championing mm-hmm. this, this project of a, let's call it project alignment, whatever <laughs> we want to call it together. That's awesome, man. So I took some notes, like just breaking down some of the things you guys have done. So I'll dive in with some questions I had. The first yeah. one was you guys aligned on your tools and software. So are we talking like project management software or like HubSpot versus Salesforce? Like where did these uh, breakdowns happen? Yeah. It, um, so the two big ones were uh, CRM and project or task tracking. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the project and the task tracking was an interesting one because we realized that actually all, all of the teams, you know, and again, coming back to just the three that I'm referring to in our example, customer success, sales and marketing, we're actually using all of their own, like their own, <laughs> tool, their own tools to yeah. track their goals. Right. And I mean, it's, um, 
sure you can you can get away with it but if you really want to create a collaborative environment where there's a lot of hands-on which needs to happen especially at the stage that we're at um it just doesn't really work properly that sounds like instant silos right there exactly exactly so even you know as far as understanding the workflow of others on other teams that you might need to work with on a weekly basis Mm -hmm. you don't have visibility into that right and so what that does is that just creates blind spots massive blind spots because you have zero awareness of what's going on in any team and so that was one of the big ones we had eliminated a few tools and now we're actually using Rike um as our project management software if mm-hmm. you will yeah gotcha yeah that makes we're using sense. it we're using it very like customer success and marketing are using it very closely together and then sales is also using it but not to the extent that, I mean, as you can imagine, right, a sales yeah. organization, um, not to the extent that uh, customer success and marketing is. But the good thing and the key thing is that they are still using it. They have access and visibility into what we have going on and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So that was the first one. And then, um, and then the CRM. So we use HubSpot here at Future Vault. And it wasn't that we had different CRMs floating around. That would be a major, that would be a major <laughs> problem if that was the case. It was just that not all of the teams and the individuals were actively using HubSpot as much as we should have been using it. And just making sure that all of the data was filled in properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, really just coming down to like data integrity. Right? Yeah. Making sure that you've got awareness if there's any particular fields or whether that's on the contact property, company property, or even specific deals, just making sure that everything's sort of filled out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just filling in the blanks, making sure that your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. And it yeah. doesn't, you didn't even have to change your whole CRM. It was just basically using what's there as a team yeah. and having accountability with that, right? Yeah, it all, all comes down to accountability. Yeah, you got it. Just making sure that all of your notes are logged. You know, your um, if you've got any meetings that you have coming up, making sure that they're they're logged as well too in the CRM. You know, just so if me, if I needed to go into any given deal at any moment of time, I could go in there and I would ideally, you know, not always, but ideally know exactly where this account is at who they've been talking to, what that conversation looks like, how they heard about Future Vault, what tools they're using, um, you know, for the organizations we sell to, wealth management firms and financial services, what type of, you know, technologies and tools they're using, what custodians they're using, things like that. Yeah. So that you could take those learnings as a marketer and apply them to your messaging, to your positioning, all that kind of stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You that makes it. a lot of sense. Uh, so number two was your goals and your OKRs for your team. So I'm curious, is this, you said you guys have aligned goals and then everyone has their individual as well. Is this something that you guys go over at the beginning of the year? Uh, is it quarterly? It's is a, it- yeah, it's a, it's a quarterly exercise for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And it's just mapping out, Hey, based on, you know, the, let's call it the annual board kickoff meeting. Um, you know, we'll, we will always set those top line business objectives. Most of mm-hmm. them are revenue focused, but it's also, hey, here's what we want to do in certain territories. Here's what we want to do on the channel and on the integration front. Just making sure that those boil down into, into the OKRs that we're setting as a revenue team. And that'll be set between the leaders across sales, customer success and marketing, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the individual 
team OKRs, that would be me, for example, working with my team and setting our OKRs. And really that just comes down to accountability across my team so that I can show what we're doing then you know has implications on the OKRs we set at the revenue level and then of course at the um at the top line business level. Mm-hmm. Um another thing you went over was communication. And I'm yeah. sure that being on the same task management software really helped with that. But can you describe what you call your shared communication strategy? Yeah, it's it's pretty simple. I mean it's not as elaborate as, as some people might think when they, when they hear it. I mean it's just hey we've got a we've got a new Slack channel called our mm-hmm. revenue channel. So if there's anything we need to voice or if we have any questions for one another, um, whether that's before meetings, after meetings, you name it, we can put it in that channel. It's also just nice to have, you know, consistent communication with your peers in that regard. Um, It's that regular recurring meeting. That's a big one. Um, And then it is exactly like you said with the task tracking. So we have accountability across that. We have awareness for what's going on. You can log your notes for any given project or task that you're working on. Um, And then of course you can loop in other team members if need be as well. And then, and then the, you know, for the internal knowledge base point of view as well too, there's um, so we use SharePoint and it's just making sure that all team members have access to any sort of documents or templates or playbooks or anything like that, that they need access to. When it comes to the communication, especially, have you noticed since you implemented some of these things, differences within the team? Because you guys are all remote, right? Big time. Um, I would say probably the, honestly, the biggest thing I've noticed is two things, actually. People having a lot more confidence Mm -hmm. in what they're doing, which is, which is amazing. That's always what you want to see. And the second one is people taking a lot more accountability in, in what they're doing. Yeah, just because Those, they have people in communication with them, not 24-7, but enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's kind of like now, you know, <laughs> we sort of know that everyone else has eyes on what we're doing, whether that's a good or a bad thing. I think it's a good <clears throat> thing, right? I mean, you sort of got to check your ego at the door, right? We're all in it together, all for one, one for all type of thing. Um, and I think it's, you know, uh, maybe a tiny notion of it is just you don't want to let your peers down. And now there's a little bit more of that added to your plate because, hey, you've got you've got eyes on you. Mm-hmm. Right. And now people are really depending on you to make sure that, you know, pretty much is like what you're doing impacts what I'm doing, what I'm doing impacts what she's doing and vice versa. Right. And it's sort of this 360 loop, if you mm-hmm. will, of that. Mm-hmm. I guess that kind of goes right into the feedback strategy for you guys. Um, when you say feedback, is this only like negative feedback that you bring up on a weekly basis? Is this like key wins that you, you know, you go to celebrate? What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all of the above. Um, it's definitely key wins. So macro mm-hmm. and micro wins. Hey, what went well, just on a very, like very small level, you know, yeah. cool. If it's anything that we can institutionalize into part of our processes and our systems. Absolutely. Let's do it. If it scales, big wins. So things like obviously new accounts, you know, we'll make sure that we celebrate that. Or if, um, you know, if someone had a, a really good meeting and they did a good demo or, you know, you always want to give praise like that and you really unpack what was good about it. 
so that again, we can, as a team, make sure that we're capitalizing on some of those lessons learned and always improving the way we're doing things. And then it is the, um, you know, the, the bad as well too. Um, you know, in this one, obviously, when you're dealing with people and delivering feedback that maybe people don't want to hear, it's, it's a little more challenging, right? I think yeah. people, get, people get sensitive, even though it's not personal, people take it personal. And they will. And so as a leader and as a manager, you just, you just got to be very mindful of that and how to deliver that. Um, and so that's obviously one of the biggest challenges. But again, it's more so, hey, you, it's not what you're doing. We refer to it. Hey, this is great what marketing is doing. But do you think marketing can try to do one, two, three? And, and that's another key thing. Just what I said there that I'll actually spell it out is we're really big on coming to the table with not just identifying the, the, the challenge or the problem, like, ah, that wasn't good, right? It's more so, hey, that wasn't good. Here's maybe why we think it's not good. And here are three solutions that we think could, could replace that. Yeah, that's so a smart make, way to do it. So it's making sure that you come to the table with, um, with solutions that are actually actionable. I mean, anyone, anyone can point out flaws. In <laughs> Everyone can complain. Yeah, Anything you do, right? But it's whether or not you, you've actually got solutions that you can action um, that are actually going to support the growth of mm-hmm. your company. Yeah, I think that's super important as well. Um, you know, for, for people to understand, this strategy and this process is not something that happens overnight, I would assume. Um, yeah. How long, I mean, just rough numbers, how long have you guys been at this? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, timeline, let me think back to when we first, it's, I, I want to say it's been probably since we've really like given it an A effort, probably since the beginning of this year is really when we started giving mm-hmm. it an A effort. We had tried before last year, um, but we definitely weren't really taking it overly serious mm-hmm. or, you know, doing all of the things that we had talked about, like properly setting goals, you know, making sure that feedback is in place, um, taking the inventory of the tools and the technologies like that had sort of materialized a little bit later on as well, too, uh, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, we've been at it for what are we mid-May right now. Yeah, almost yeah, six months have- then it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like you said, it's not going to start overnight. So don't get discouraged for sure. Um, and I, I think won't... the, the, the one, sorry to cut you off there. Sam, no, I, think, I think the one thing that's really important for anyone listening, that's like, Hey, this is, you know, really solid advice, or we're going through something similar is like your work is never done with this, yeah. right? Like you always want to improve, 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 improve. And again, it's making sure that you can take the good and institutionalize that so that you can get better as working as a team. And, you know, how do you know, I mean, really, like, how do you know when you've reached quote unquote alignment or your teams are aligned? You'll know things yeah. click. You will have way less blind spots. Your communication will just feel a lot better. You won't have any doubt, you know, voicing your opinion when it's either in a Slack channel or in an email or, uh, or at a meeting, um, so it's just sort of one of those things that like, just like you, you will know, you'll have that gut feeling. Mm-hmm. And also hopefully, I mean, from a revenue perspective too, or even from opportunities that are coming through, through the door, like y- you'll start to notice them as well. Yeah. So my last question on this topic for you is yep. 
let's say that there is a VP of marketing, a CMO listening to this right now. Yep. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, I guess we have kind of have some alignment. We're doing all right. Um, what would you say to them in, in regards to like why this is important that they tackle it and take a second look? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think it just comes down to the biggest thing for us and why we did it was the blind spots. Mm-hmm. Like we just noticed there were way too many blind spots. And again, just dealing with certain accounts and even from, I'll give you an example, even from, um, you know, account transfer or handoff, for example. So when one of our sales guys closes a deal and then that account now transitions over to our customer success team and they start going through and onboarding our customer, we noticed that there were some, you know, blind spots as far as what was being documented, what wasn't being documented. Um, You know, so customer success was asking a lot of the questions that had actually already been asked during certain parts of the sales process, but we just didn't have that in, in, in the right place or in the right manner that was efficient to properly transfer that knowledge as well too. So that's just one area. Um, not to give away, you know, too many, too many of the holes, yeah. of course, but, um, you know, and that's a common one. I mean, I, I've seen that one time and time and time again. And I know that cut co- at that company struggle with that one. Um, I think also, um, the, t- the tools is another one too, right? Like you will, you will just notice if you actually take a proper inventory and you can literally just write it out in a word doc or on a paper, you can say customer success, underline that. And then underneath it, write out all of the tools that customer success is using, do the same for marketing, do the same for sales. Yeah. Heck even do the same for product. Yeah, true. And you will probably notice that you will have overlap in some of the tools that are that are being used. So, I mean, one, obviously, a lot of that information is not deeply integrated. So it's, you know, again, it causes more blind spots. But I mean, even from a cost perspective, like think about how much money uh, companies are paying every year yeah. on tools and technologies, right? Where I actually don't want to know that number. And I've, I've heard it yeah. before, but I can't remember. It's insane, especially, I mean, even just the marketing side of things, it's wild. Uh, the, and, the tools. And, the, and the default is, um, you know, and I, I think Chris Walker does a good job of how he describes this as well too, is that like the default is that marketers in particular, because we're, we're so good at this is um, we just say yes to technology. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's the, it's the band. But it's, yeah. And, and it's sort of like what we're being fed, right? Like mm-hmm. we're being drilled this into our brains that technology is the solution or the strategy. And that's absolutely not the case. Like technology is not a strategy. Technology mm-hmm. can help support and enable your strategy. But if technology is your strategy, then you've got some pretty big issues there. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree on that, man. Um, so I have a closing question for you to kick the, or to, to wrap this up. Um, this is something I, I like to ask all my guests. I don't think we had started this last time we did our interview, okay. but I'm always curious. We're, we're always looking to help people improve their websites. Um, you know, SaaS companies in particular. So in regards to your website strategy, yep. what is something that you guys have done that you, maybe you tried and then did that thing work or did it not work? Good question. I, I'm really close to this because I manage, I built and managed the website. So I might be a little too close to this topic <laughs> where I've got sort of my, uh, my tunnel vision uh, going on right now. 
a big one for us that we actually just did recently was, and I see you talk about this all the time, and you were actually the catalyst in the reason that I was like, okay, I, I really need to do something about this was focusing on our website load times. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just noticed that like one, obviously we're getting more people on the pages. We're getting them to stay on the pages longer because the content's actually loading. So they're actually mm-hmm. able to, to see the content and browse to different pages. Um, and we are noticing a bit of a lift in our organic search results as that's well. That's awesome. As Just from the load time, right? Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. That's and awesome. I think, I think you say what, three seconds is sort of that sweet spot. Like you should yeah. wait for that. Like we're even, yeah, even less. We're uh, about, we're about two, I think. Yeah. Two um, is yeah. People's patience are just going down. I mean, even three seconds is pushing it with a lot of people in the industry. They're like, Oh, it should be shorter. And of course you want to get it yeah. quicker, but if it's, taking longer than that, then you really need to identify what's going on. It could be just the site was built poorly and there's like yep. a million plugins in the background doing yep. nothing, uh, yep. but slowing down the site, it could just be the builder you used. Um, Oxygen is a really good one. That's really fast for WordPress uh, that we love because, you know, a lot Oxygen? of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make a note to myself right now just to check it out for curiosity's sake there. Yeah. Basically when, uh, when you use Divi or Elementor, which are two really popular ones, yeah. Those tend to bloat your theme. So oxygen, uh, would they just have a ton of code? So oxygen doesn't even use themes. It's like a what a, and what a what a good name too, right? You're literally yeah, you're breathing your life. Ox, oxygen. Yeah, absolutely. And Love like it. you said, once you uh, you get the low time under control, even Google will start to bump you up in the rankings because that's something that they really take. You know, it's a big perform performance is a, a high priority for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that was a big thing for us that we did. Um, and then, I mean, some of the other things just going through our, our website copy. I mean, yeah. I, I like to revisit that on a quarterly basis. I've got to get a new homepage up. That's mm-hmm. the next thing. So this is more so just a reminder to myself. <laughs> Not that anyone. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Christian, thank you so much, man. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, probably since our first talk, to be honest, I was like, we got to have this guy back. He's super fun to have on the podcast. So like I mentioned, uh, you get number one Canadian status, you know, in my mind right now. So well, my goal, <laughs> the goal, the goal is to maintain it. Right. So there you go. That's, there that, you that's, go. that's actually probably my number one priority for 2022 <laughs> and into 2023. You got to shoot well. higher, bro. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I will. I will. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, to close us out, I know we talked about it on our first podcast, but do you want to give us like the 30 second rundown of what Future Vault does? I always like to give people a shout out. Yeah. So Future Vault is a, um, we're a market leading provider of secure document exchange and digital vault solutions purpose built for financial services and, and wealth management firms. So um, essentially we make it uh, easy and efficient and secure and compliant to share documents between your back office, front offices and with your clients. It's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. You're killing it. Way to go on this, uh, this holistic revenue uh, journey that you guys are on. I appreciate you sharing it, man. This is a, a great breakdown. Yeah, this, this was great. Thanks again. 